What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Step Back, a Mavs podcast. I'm too hot right now. Step back. <laughs> Step back. Uh. I bought like the Mavs, running this beat like a lab. Look at Don Chicken, the step back. Lord, that boy need a mail. Dirk in his bag, I swear I feel it in the air. Dirk in the game, snapping like a crab. But hit never fold when they in the jam. Dennis Smith Jr. coming with the jam. Got the whole team cooking in the lab. I say I'm the best, I'm going super sad. I'm in the boost pitting cause I can. I'm so fly and I may never land. I thank God for every one of my fans. SOD trick, just for the chance. Dirk catch five, they ain't got a chance. This came from God, this was a chance. Defense for real, coming with the clown. Uh, promise he get scary, killing beats and very. I ain't never worried, never in the Hurry, crazy comments, it don't ever hurt me. Feelings I'm dispersing, is it really worth it? Never said I'm perfect, shine like a star. Any beat I get, I promise. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Step Back Mavs Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my DallasBasketball.com co-host, Matt Galatson. We have a lot to cover tonight. We've got a, a Mavs Pistons game. We've we had a, a Mavs Knicks game last night, but the, the big news that's sweeping everybody off their feet right now, Kristaps Porzingis is a Dallas Maverick. Matt, how are you taking this? <laughs> uh, I, dude, I, uh, I'm still having a hard time believing it. I'm, uh, I'm kind of freaking out right now. It's crazy. Uh, I've had all day to kind of digest it. And it hasn't, like, <laughs> my excitement hasn't gone down one bit. Um, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm speechless. Like, it, it came out of nowhere. We were, we were literally joking about this on Twitter this morning. Like, when, uh, when the Knicks put out the, the, the statement saying that they, um, or that, that Chris Stapp said, uh, you know, requested a trade or whatever had happened and we were like well would that be nice at the deadline i think you tweeted that yeah yeah <clears throat> an hour before all of this went down i tweeted that literally an hour yeah yeah an hour beforehand i tweeted if dennis smith jr still prefers to be traded and it seems inevitable that it's going to happen eventually anyway and then i posted my you know my trade scenario it had west matthews dennis smith jr and a 2023 first round pick going to the Knicks for Kristaps Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. And then, you know, an hour later, it pops up that the Mavs have traded Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and two first round picks. I think it's the 2021 and 2023, and the, the 2023 pick is protected one through 10. Traded that package for. Kristaps Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. So, I mean, I was on TradeNBA.com. I, I love that website. I think it's better than the ESPN trade machine. Um, oh, it's so much better. I mean, you, could, they let you use picks, man. Right. You get to use picks. It's, it's a lot more efficient. I suggest that anybody still using the, the old ESPN trade machine go to this website. It's great. But... You know, it, it materialized so fast because uh, there's, there's no way that like that this timeline works out because the Knicks are trying to make it seem like, oh, he walked into our office and demanded a trade and now we're trading him. There's no way. I mean, it has to it has to have come together over late, at least the last couple of days. Yeah, I, especially I, considering the Mavs are just in New York. Yeah, I saw a report that said that this had this had been in the uh talks for the last few days I, I forgot who reported that but I think it was I think it was Tim Cato yeah yeah so they've been talking about this for the last couple of days and it makes sense because that Mavs Knicks game uh Chris Ops, obviously he was in a suit but he showed up to that game and there were reports that he hadn't actually been present in a game in a while for the Knicks so he shows up Dennis Smith Jr.'s agent was spotted in New York by uh, Brad Townsend, I believe. Uh, you know, 
you, you saw Not a J. Cole fan, Brad Townsend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Luca and Kristaps just being buddy buddy the the entire night, which they they were already good friends. But I mean, come on, they had to know something. They had to know what was going down. So I would think so, and you know, the ti- the timing is just it's too coincidental. Too coincidental. I mean. They've, they've been talking about it for a few days, I'm sure. Um, the fact that both Dennis and Chris Stapps were, uh, you know, a little bit disgruntled over their situations, it's it's just too much of a perfect fit for, for the two of them, like the timing of it and everything. And I don't know, man, I, my brain is still trying to process all of this. Well, I mean, you think about it, we've... <laughs> The Mavs, we kind of figured at this point they were going to end up trading Dennis at some point or another. It, it, it was bound to happen. So for it to happen now and the way it did, I mean, they get a true heir to Dirk now. It's, it's the perfect heir to Dirk. And, uh, you know, they, they, did, they had an extra point guard that he was good, he was young, he had a lot of potential. I didn't want them to trade him. Unless it was for something like this. I mean, you think about people have been talking about trade value and, uh, you know, and how they people have been talking about trade value over the last few weeks when it comes to Dennis Smith Jr. And we've had people talking about, oh, well, maybe we can get Jonathan Isaac from Orlando. Maybe maybe we could get Josh Jackson from Phoenix. We just got Kristaps Porzingis. Well, dude, even you were talking to me yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I almost yelled at you because you said, well, what if they trade him to Detroit for just like a pick in a in a young player? And I was like, no, Dalton, they're not going to do that. They can't do that. They, well, no. they can't do that with Dennis. No, if they I, trade him, it has to be for something like this. I got to correct you right there. I, I didn't I didn't suggest that. I was talking. Well, you mentioned it. I was talking to Rod Beard. He's one of the Detroit News people that covers the Pistons I was talking to him and I was asking him how realistic he thought it was uh, that the Mavs could trade for Blake Griffin you know potentially like the ringer suggested but that's when he told me that he thought that uh, Dennis's trade value was more along the lines of a first round pick and a young player but I mean okay obvious well obviously he was was a little bit off (laughs) obviously a little but also like how much of this plays into the Knicks, though? Like, how much of this is is the like? I, I love Dennis, and I think he's going to be a really good NBA player going forward. And I wish him all the best, and I know you do too. But how much of this is the Knicks like hedging all of their bets on free agency when they have almost even worse history than the Mavericks in free agency? Like, it's New York, but nobody really wants to go there and play in that organization. Like, they're 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 bagging or they're putting everything on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving coming and well, you're right that's a, that's a big risk and it's not very smart if you ask me you're right I mean they now they have uh, they have cap space for two max spots now so they can they can go out and chase two max guys to come to New York if they want to but that was the main thing with this we all knew that the Knicks wanted cap cap space but you know this trade doesn't get done if Kristaps doesn't you know kind of force their hand a little bit he was he was tired of the losing and he was tired of the culture in that you know in that front office that organization in his time there and he he just kind of forced their hand a little bit so there there been, there was some help from him on that part of it but i think it's been toxic over there it has it's been absolutely toxic and, and I can't blame him for one second for wanting to get out of that. Another thing this trade does is it eliminates the Dennis Smith Jr. versus Frank Natilikina argument. Frankie it, smokes. Yeah, for the Knicks at least, because now they have both of them. <laughs> so they, and the, they have both of them, but they don't have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I mean, if if one works out or if both works out or you know, however that situation turns out, they can't they can't really kick themselves too much because uh, you know there were thirteen other teams that missed on Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, uh, um, 
I mean, but I, I mean, I really do think Dennis is going to do well there, at least in the for the rest of this season. It looks like it's going to be his team, and he's going to have a chance to prove that he's well worth keeping around up there. And I think he's going to do really well in that environment, playing at MSG and in front of those fans. <clears throat> and once he really starts to take off, I think he's going to. I think he's going to excel there. Well, another thing too, you know, the the Knicks. We thought the Mavs were tanking towards the end of last season. The Knicks, they've been they've been tanking pretty much the whole entire season this year, and. I think it would be funny because you know, over the last four games, I tweeted this out last night. But Dennis, he's averaging you know close to 16 points. Uh, I think it's seven assists and six rebounds for the last four. And the Mavs were three and one in that stretch. So I think it would be funny if you know he 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 becomes the man in New York the rest of this season, and he ruins the tanking effort. <laughs> I could, I could see that, that happening. Hilarious. I could see that happening. I would love that. I would absolutely love that because the Knicks do not deserve Zion Williamson. <laughs> not with the way their franchise has been run the last. I mean, really since Patrick Ewing, like they don't deserve any of that. But he, just just going back to the idea of Porzingis in Dallas, I'm still just. I just can't fully wrap my head around it. It doesn't. It still doesn't feel like it's real. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I we've. This is something back in May. You know, I, I wrote a piece uh, for DallasBasketball.com about uh, us pipe dreaming for Porzingis and uh, how maybe we could acquire him in a trade uh, over the summer. And even at that point, it just it was just literally that pipe dreaming. And now here we are. He's going to be teammates with Luka Doncic, and he's going to be with Dirk for the rest of the season. Hopefully next year, but I think Dirk's done after this season. But it's it's hey just it's crazy. Hey man, I'm never doubting you again. I I, I kind of I threw a little shade your way via text, not in, not in public, not in public, but via text you about never how I thought it was. <laughs> About how about how crazy I thought it was that you know the the idea of Porzingis even being in Dallas was just ludicrous. Well, I and I'd pitch and this now that he's here, like I, I I literally I I don't know what to say. Like you were right, man. Well, I, I tried. To, I've I've been pitching this idea, you know, the last day or so to a couple people, just just as an idea, you know, uh, but. The the biggest thing that I got back from from most people was well why wouldn't they try to offer Porzingis in a New Orleans trade for Anthony Davis well I mean you, Porzingis nobody's going to trade for Porzingis who's set to be a restricted free agent and he's due you know his next big contract unless they have a good idea that he's going to resign with them and I just don't you know even if that had been a factor, you know, him possibly going to New Orleans, I don't think they would have felt comfortable with him re-signing with them. Now, with the Mavs, I mean, he's such good friends with Luka, and uh, he's friends with Dirk. and well, I mean, he idolizes it, He Dirk. idolizes Dirk, yeah. I mean, I just don't see how he doesn't sign with them long-term. There was a report that came out that said something about – Porzingis was going to inform the Mavs that he was going to take the qualifying offer uh, this summer and then become an unrestricted free agent next summer. I don't think that's going to happen. I think once the Mavs offer him his his max contract, uh, that's pretty much going to do it. Well, yeah, I think basically what Porzingis was saying when uh, when he said that was, offer me the max or I'm going to become an unrestricted free agent in a year. But I, th- I think the Mavericks f- traded for him, fully intending to offer him the max w- when that comes up. So I don't think it's going to be an issue at all. I think it's just going to be, you know, he he might not play this year. I could, I just got a text from Fish that I'll uh, I'll read out for everybody in a second. But um, I I think it's just going to be a situation where maybe he doesn't play this year, and even if he doesn't. He he. I mean, he, he very well could, but even if he doesn't, 
you know, they're still going to offer him the max this summer because they already know what he could do. Everybody knows what he could do. He averages 18 points and seven rebounds per game. He's a 36 percent uh, three-point shooter for his career. Uh, last season, before you know, before he had the ACL injury, obviously he was averaging 23 points, seven rebounds, and let's see, he was averaging. He was almost 40 percent from three last People season. People were talking about him in, in like an early MVP candidate before he got hurt. Right. I remember that. Yeah, and he, then, was, he was playing out of his mind. Right. So, I mean, you look at his progression from his rookie year to his third year last season before he got injured, and he was an all-star last season too. Um, First all-star game for him. But he went from averaging 14 points his rookie year to 18 the second year, took that big step to 23 points, and uh, he's he's raised his shooting percentage every season too. So, I mean, he – He's taken the next step every single time. And the way he plays, I don't think the ACL recovery is going to affect his game that much. I think he's still going to be just as effective as soon as he gets back out there. Okay, so Fish uh, sent us both this text message just a minute ago. And we have a guy that um, that helps us out on DallasBasketball.com. He's also the operator of InStreetClothes.com, and he's an injury analyst for RotoWire and for, for our website, and he's a certified athletic trainer. So this guy knows what he's talking about. He's been mentioned on ESPN by on, on their shows and stuff. He, he's, he knows what he's talking about. So what he said was average missed time for a recent ACL tear is a shade under a year. The fact that it appears Porzingis suffered an isolated ACL tear helps – but his size obviously plays a role in recovery. I'm guessing Casey Smith and company will devise a game plan once they have a chance to see him and view his movement patterns and other biometric markers. So <clears throat> it sounds like he's, he's since he toured on February 6th last year, it sounds like he's right at that year point. So, I, I mean, I'm guessing that once Casey Smith and, you know, his crew get him in and see, you know, how that knee's holding up and everything. I, I'm telling you, Dalton, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets on the court this year. I mean, I I think it's a matter of just a few weeks because I, I was talking to a guy earlier. We were talking about the same, same topic. You know, when is he going to actually be on the court for the Mavs? And he was saying, well, I mean, even if he's healthy, he hasn't really had any full contact stuff at this point. So he, he's got to get back to practicing he's got to he's got to go through some some full contact drills and practices and stuff like that so i'd say i'd say give him two to three weeks and he'll be out there i don't i don't know about two to three weeks or i i just i have a feeling that it will be before the end of the year he like this this whole thing with the knicks and him saying and them saying that he's not going to get out there for the whole season, I think was part of their tank effort. So I don't know if we can put a timetable on it necessarily, but there is no reason, at least in my mind, that considering the way athletes' bodies like his heal faster than us normal folk, that you know he 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 should be out there at some point. And honestly, whether or not he gets out there probably doesn't matter as much because they have him <laughs> that's right. the important part going into next year and obviously we don't want anything else to happen but it would be pretty exciting to get to see him and luke out there on the court together for whether whether it's 10 or 15 or 20 games or whatever well you don't want to rush him back obviously but i, I think that's part of the reason why he was upset with the with the Knicks because I forgot where I heard this. I think you may have said you heard it on ESPN radio uh, earlier, but you know, he feels like that he's ready to go, that he's further along in his recovery process than what the Knicks thought he was. And almost like they were holding him back uh, due to that tanking effort. So, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I think he could come back in a couple weeks if he wanted to. We'll see what the what the Mavs training staff thinks about that. Uh, once they, like you said, once they get their hands on him and and see how he looks, but uh, you also have to factor in, you know. <laughs> what are the Mavs thinking about the rest of this season? You know, are they – obviously, they're not going to they're not gonna tank. I think that's one of the things that Porzingis was upset about in New York. So, I, I don't expect them to do that. But, you know, say, say he doesn't play the rest of the season or he just plays a couple of games at the end just to, you know, show how he's, how he's doing physically. Do the Mavs have to make another move here? to you know continue that playoff push or what are you thinking there i'm looking at tim hardaway jr right now and his overall field goal percentage is atrocious he's 38 percent but he's a 35 percent uh three-point shooter this season he's averaging 19 points uh three and a half rebounds three assists per game and uh, one thing that sticks out to me he's an 85 percent free throw shooter so that'll be a welcome sight but um, uh, yeah they really need that yeah. <laughs> so i mean what um, do you do you think that the other pieces they got in the trade it's enough to keep them afloat in this race or do, do they need to be looking to do something else well i mean if you watch the detroit game tonight that looked like it might have been a showcase for harrison barnes i i'm not saying i know anything i'm not saying harrison barnes getting traded i'm just saying that I don't necessarily think the Mavericks are done here. They still have Harrison Barnes, who is an intriguing player for a team like Sacramento or or someone else who's looking for a guy who can who can bring some scoring. Um, they still have the twelve point nine million dollar trade exception they got for making this trade. They still have the uh, JJ Barea contract they can trade. They still have his injury, his injured player exception that they can use. They still have Dwight Powell they can use. And I don't know what the rules are about turning around and flipping one of the players they just got. But, I mean, you see where I'm kind of going with this. Right. They, they have a lot of different things they could use to try and potentially put together something else to make themselves even better. Yeah, and we talked about this on, on the previous podcast, but uh, Sacramento – according to Brian Windhorst from ESPN, is interested in Harrison Barnes. Now, obviously a lot can change in, in a week or two or however long ago that was that he he reported that. But, you know, that, that that's something, something that I'm watching closely because I, I really think that there's, you know, a trade scenario there that would make sense for both teams. And I don't know if they're wanting to move move on from Barnes right now uh, or if they've already made all the moves that they want to make. But uh, I, I do think that Sacramento is a team you need to look at in this coming week when it comes to Harrison Barnes. Because if he gets traded, I'm, I think it's going to be there. Well, I think there's a couple of different places you could look at. Sacramento definitely makes a lot of sense. Um especially the package you talked about to me earlier, um, which I'll let you bring up. But, you know, there's other places you could look for teams that are um, trying to sell. Uh, I mean, obviously, New Orleans is a place you could look. Uh, Orlando's a place you could look. Washington's a place you could look. So there's a lot of different places you could go with that contract, considering it's, it's at this point, a, a two-year deal with – with the player option, you know, that's going to turn some teams off because they don't, I don't know if they're going to want to pay Harrison another $25 million or not, but you know, there might be somebody out there that does. And Vlade Divac certainly fits the bill for that. So right. I don't know. I mean, we'll see it. We'll just have to see what happens with, with the way these next couple of games go. And if, if there, if we see any activity come up on the deadline, because I mean, we thought we had something with Dennis a couple weeks ago and we you know I wrote a, I wrote a trade story that is never going to get published because it never happened because <laughs> we, we were we were pretty sure he was going to get traded you know in the next day or two and then this one caught everybody off off guard nobody knew this was happening well this, it, just, it just popped so this I mean, is we'll see this is why you have patience you know this is why 
this is why we never doubt Donnie Nelson. We just we, we, we wait for it to happen, and then we just admire his work. So, um, I'm looking yeah, here. I, let me, let me say this too. Donnie has been amazing these last seven months. He has completely changed the trajectory of the Mavs franchise over the last seven months. He made a trade and acquired Luka Doncic in the draft, and then seven months later turns around and gets the second most exciting European prospect ever (laughs) in, in Porzingis and brings them both to Dallas to pair them together. One's 19, one's 23, and you're you have two stars now to lead you into the next decade plus of Mavericks basketball, and he did that in less than a year. I mean, it's it's like I, I saw somebody mention. I think it was Fish that mentioned this earlier on Twitter. It's like when the Mavericks drafted Dirk and then traded for Steve Nash. It's that big of a splash, right? And that when somebody mentioned. Uh, Somebody mentioned or replied. I reposted that article that I wrote about dreaming of Porzingis back in May. And at the time when I wrote that, you know, obviously it was before the draft. We we didn't have Luca. Uh, Dennis was like the the only thing that uh, we were really looking forward to at the time. Uh, and then fast forward eight months later, not only do we have Porzingis, but you know we we did draft Luca, and he's become a superstar at 19 years old himself. Uh, you know the the role players have been great, Kleba, Finney Smith, you know Brunson's coming into his own. I mean it it's just a completely different vibe to this team going into the future than than what it was eight months ago dude we were potentially talking about dennis and bomba and basically waiting five years before we could see a return on that that's crazy and now look and now look what we're now look where the mavericks are at yeah. seven months later it's nuts another another thing that makes me think that the mavs might not be done making making moves is you know they they took on uh hardaway jr and they sent out west so you know that's pretty much a what you know they they had west's money set to come off the books this summer in free agency and so now that that pretty much washes out there uh, courtney lee i'm trying to look that up here he's got a. I i think he's making like nine million dollars a year for the next two or three years no, it's more than that. It's, it's it? twelve. It's twelve, it's 12. million. Okay. Yeah, 12. twelve million this year and next year. And there's no player option or team option. It's just straight out. So that hurts a little bit. Um, you know, Courtney Lee. He's had a down year. He's only played twelve games. He's aver- averaging five points. Um, his shooting percentages are down. But I look at last season, and he averaged twelve points on. Uh, 40% shooting from three. Uh, so, I mean, maybe he just needed a, a change of scenery. Uh, you, you never know how he can help out. But anyway, my point, they took on all this money that really, you know, takes a takes a dip into their cap space this summer. And if Sacramento is interested in Barnes, they have a lot of expiring contracts that they could send back in a deal so i mean i i could see them making even if they don't the 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 trade proposal i made to you earlier was uh involved bogdanovich and as much as i would like that i would also understand if they just traded barnes for expiring contracts you know just to just to make it to where they could have some more cap space to make up for the move they just made for Porzingis. No, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, I don't necessarily think that if they trade Barnes, it has to be for another playoff piece necessarily. Um, I mean, because I mean, let's be honest, they, they they still might be at a point where the playoffs are out of the picture, and and that's fine. They're setting themselves up for the future now, which is what this move is all about. It's, 
you don't draft for a guy coming off an ACL injury that's still not playing yet to make the playoffs right now. I don't. So that's obviously not where their focus is. You know, once they realized that they got to this point. But I mean, there's there's some other interesting pieces on the Kings as well. Um, I'm trying to look up uh, Nemanja Bjelica's uh, money situation. So give me one suck on that. Yeah, but, while, <clears throat> while you're looking that up, I just want to say, you know, it, it's almost as if the Mavs finally just sat down and looked at the stats, especially for the, that starting lineup that just wasn't working. It was like they finally just sat down, looked at it, said, whoa, this isn't working. We need to do something. And it just so happens that it was a perfect storm, and they were able to get Porzingis because he wasn't, you know, he he wasn't happy where he was at, and uh, I mean, it just worked. I mean, the idea of signing DeAndre Jordan last summer, I get it, but given where the team is at, with you know a little over thirty games left in the season, it just wasn't working. No, it wasn't. Their their starting lineup was an absolute mess and it just wasn't a good combination and that happens sometimes they probably waited a little bit too long to punt on that but i mean now that they did look look what they got so it's fine um but okay so bielitsa so so my thinking is with barnes if you're going to send him to sacramento they they might they had a great start to the year and they're their future looks very very bright which is very weird to say because it's the king's but if you're going to send him Barnes, yeah, you want to take back some expirings. Maybe like Zach Randolph. I think Zach Randolph's expiring. He is. Um, Shumpert. So, yeah, Shumpert. Take take those two guys back, you know, put them on your bench, whatever. There's, Like you said, there's 30 games left. But Bielitsa is a piece that I think could be very interesting for the Mavericks, especially considering how how – how poor they've been from shooting the three outside of, I mean, really everywhere. I mean, they haven't had a good three-point shooter this year. I think Barnes has been their best three-point shooter, and he's, you know, been off as of late. But Bielitsa's, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, he's three years, $20 million. He's making uh, 6.8 uh, next year, 7.1 the year after that so that's a that's a complimentary piece you could throw in there with the expiring money that you're taking off of sacramento's hands right and so i mean that that's something to think about i think i think sacramento is probably a good uh trade partner in that respect at least well i mean and you got to think about this i know some people are like well uh, why would they want harrison barnes for uh be a link Least I, I I just butchered that so bad I don't know how it's a hard one to pronounce man it's almost anyway, as hard as my last name yeah I'll, I'll call him BJ because that's what his last name starts with but sure uh, <laughs> but if they say they just they wanted Harrison Barnes and say they need a guy that you can uh, he can go and get you a bucket by himself you know sometimes he does that way too often has that tunnel vision ISO ball thing going but say they want that. You could ideally send Harrison Barnes and J.J. Barea's $3.7 million, which wouldn't matter anyway. I mean, they wouldn't – they'd probably just wave him or whatever. He, he wouldn't leave Dallas, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, for Zach Randolph, Iman Shumpert, and Bielinks, Bielicia. BJ. BJ. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce that again. Okay. Yeah. Don't, please don't. Okay, but I mean that would work. That would work. You could have Randolph, Shumpert, BJ for Harrison Barnes and JJ Barea's money. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? I, I don't see any reason that Sacramento would, if they are actually interested in Barnes, which the rumor is they are, why they wouldn't be interested in something like that. And honestly, I think that is a little bit more realistic than than what I was proposing, you know, with Bogdanovich. Because, I mean, he's he's really good. He's about the same age as Barnes, so he's not, he's not like young, young, but 
he he is really good. Um, he's also friends with Luca, so uh, whether you trade for him or uh, BJ, <laughs> yeah, you know, whether you trade for him or or Bogdanovich, it's you're still adding to your Euro Mavs team now. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different scenarios we've talked about but now that they've made their big splash move it wouldn't surprise me if their next move was to try and get as much of that cap space cap space back as they possibly can um you know it's it's hard to imagine them making i mean it's hard enough to make one blockbuster move in a season so i mean if they turned around tomorrow and and traded harrison for Otto porter jr or whatever i would be shocked like teams just don't make that many kinds of moves in the same season so i I think you're right i I think it's going to be more of a a, an attempt to try and get some of that cap space back so they can i mean because they still have some flexibility going into the summer but you'd like ideally you'd like to have more so some of these big free agents that are sitting out there like Clay Thompson or whatever can be like, oh my god, I have a team with Luca and Kristaps on it. Yeah, that that's that's that sounds re- good. That's really attractive to uh, upcoming free agents, in my opinion. I think it would be, but I also think it's important, like we talked about earlier, that Porzingis at least comes back. I'm gonna say at least. You know, at least ten games or a little over ten games. He needs to at least come back and just show like I'm fine. You know, I'm still the same guy I was before the ACL tear, and just show upcoming free agents like this is what you could be joining this summer. And I haven't, I haven't done the math. This is something you know we should we should talk to David Lord about uh, as far as the cap space stuff goes, but. I know before the trade that the Mavs were set to have at least $52 million in cap space, and that was if Barnes and Dwight Powell opted in. So I'm trying to do the quick math here, but if you're adding... Well, I, think I, I think I saw on Twitter earlier that it was $20 million. $20 million. That Yeah, that's right, because Hardaway is... 17 million. Courtney Lee is 12. So, yeah, 39. Chris yeah. is like four or five. Well, but, but I, that doesn't count against because he's a restricted free agent. It won't be. It won't be quite 20 million. But uh, if you if you did do that trade with the Kings, you know you'd have Randolph's 11.6 and Shumpert's 11 million coming off. So, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't expect. A move, you know, with Washington to get Porter Jr. or something like that to occur. Uh, but I, I do think that they're going to make another move of some kind to free up some more cap space. Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of have to. Because um, <clears throat> one thing you don't want to do when you make a big splash move like this is have some is be handcuffed. So you don't want to lock yourself into just these two guys and not be able to make any other moves. They're going to be aggressive, I think, and make at least one other move to shed some salary. And I don't know how they're going to do it or who they're going to do it with, but they have to do it. Even if it's just even if it's just Dwight Powell's $9 million, that's a big $9 million to get off the books because that gives you 29 to play with this summer instead of 20 or whatever you know yeah and i mean and i don't i don't think they necessarily have to have a a full max spot either to make some noise if they can just get close to it you know uh, enough to where they can comfortably keep maxi kleba and uh dorian finney smith uh, I know that they can wait and sign fin- uh, Finney Smith and go over the cap with him. I, I think that there's some rule with with Kleba. It's a little bit different. I think his is gonna 
go ahead and count against our cap space. So that's something we have to factor in too with him. But I mean, I I could see them making a still making a play for like Chris Middleton this summer, and that would be huge. It's that would be a tough one, but that would be a good one. I mean, I I would love for them to be able to land that, but I mean, the way Milwaukee's kind of been maneuvering there books around so far this year it, it kind of makes you think that he's going to end up staying there true true but as we've learned today we can dream we can you dream can. and, <laughs> and it might dream. have it but hey i just got an update uh bleacher report update on here but apparently christoph's poor zingus he just posted on his instagram story it's just a black screen and it's got the words that says the truth will come out <laughs> So what what do you take from that? <laughs> That's not like uh, foreboding at all. It's um, pretty dark. I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, what, what, what could that? I guess he. I guess he's referring to what happened in New York because they were saying that he walked in and demanded a trade. Maybe he's just thinking, you know. That's bullshit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and and once I get a chance, say what I have to say. Probably I guess once the trade officially officially goes through and everybody's physicals are passed and all that jazz. Well, see that then, that was my first thought. I'm thinking he's saying the truth will come out. Maybe it's about his his health. You know, they they've been saying he's not healthy enough to get back on the court. What if he What if he's been healthy this whole time and they've literally been just being. Hey, Dalton, you left a key piece out of that Instagram story, which I'm now looking at. Well, I just now saw it. You forgot the smiley face. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I didn't. You forgot the smiley face. That's that's a huge that's a huge context clue. I think this is going to be good news now for the Mavericks. Yeah, like that's. I mean, that's what I was saying. I, I think he's probably healthy and they've just been holding him out because of their epic tank job to get zion williamson (laughs) i don't know man maybe i certainly hope that's the case i certainly hope that's the case because if he can somehow play in the next in 25 of the next 30 games man the mavs look dangerous because he's a really good fit he's a really good fit he is. He's a really good fit. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, a couple other topics here about uh, the NBA All-Star Reserves, and we'll touch lightly on the uh, Mavs-Pistons game tonight, which they were severely uh, undermanned, but they still put up a good fight on the road, only lost by four. Really should have won that game. Uh, but... Before we move on from this, the last piece that the Mavs are receiving uh, from the Knicks is Trey Burke. He's 26 years old. Um, He averages 12 points a game, three assists, 35% three-point shooter. Uh, What are your thoughts for them adding that piece? I mean, do you you see him – uh, sticking around with the team the rest of the year. I mean, I would imagine so with uh, with them trading Dennis, and then you have Beret out for the rest of the year. But what what do you think of the addition of Trey Burke? Well, I loved Trey Burke at Michigan. Um, I, I don't remember who the Mavericks drafted that season. Um, I could probably look it up, but I'm not going to because I don't really care that much because it wasn't anybody any good. So I wanted them to take him. And because uh, he, I, I think he won National College Player of the Year, didn't he? That sounds right. I'd have to look it up, but I know he, he was just—he was really good. He played the national championship game. He was a bit undersized, um, but I loved him coming out. This is before I worked for Fish, and I remember yelling at Fish on Twitter, "Is like tell the Mavericks to draft Trey Burke." And they didn't. <laughs> but um, well, he is six one, so that would have been right up their alley. Yeah, yeah, small guard would have been perfect. But as far as now, he's had a he's had a pretty big career resurgence. He, he had a tough time in Utah, and then he he went a little bit of the G League route, and then came back in New York, and he's played pretty well for the Knicks, um, especially last I think it was last season when um, they were, they had some injury problems 
or maybe it was earlier this year. I can't remember exactly, but he he's had a he's had a good stint there in New York, and I think he's potentially a piece that you could keep around. He he's the kind of guy that can do something on their bench that not a lot of other guys can do, and that's create his own shot, which I think would be huge. Uh, he can shoot threes. He can he can run the point pretty well. So I. I I mean, I think it's. I think he's an interesting piece to keep around, at least for the rest of this season, to see what you can get out of him. And then, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. He's expiring, but <clears throat> having him with without JJ, without Dennis, with just Brunson there, and I, you know, I mean, obviously we like Brunson a lot, but to have someone like Trey Burke in there, who's a little bit more familiar with the NBA and a little bit more of a veteran and can do a little bit more with the ball is is. A nice little security blanket to have. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that uh, he had his career resurgence when he joined the Knicks, and I'm sure he put in the work to, to come back and improve and all that, but uh, the main thing I look at as far as him improving was he looks like like a version of Allen Iverson now. <laughs> he changed his look when he went to New York. When he first when he, when he first signed with them and the first few games he was playing with them, you know, I saw some. He had a a couple of big games in there, and I was I was watching Sports Center, and I saw him. I was like, that looks like Allen Iverson in a Knicks uniform. <laughs> so, so I mean, I I feel like the look, you know, it, it it's giving him a little bit of a a boost in his performance. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Okay, so I, I looked it up. He was off the board before the Mavericks picked. But that is the draft that we will all remember that will forever live in infamy because the Mavericks did not pick Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we won't talk about that anymore. We won't, but hey, guess guess what the Mavs will have a ton of in the summer of 2021? (laughs) Cap space. (laughs) And they'll have two... European players to be like, hey, this is the best place for Euros to come. Come on, Giannis. I tweeted this out earlier. You know, you already have Doncic. You have Porzingis. You have Dirk mentoring them. Obviously, Dirk will be gone by 2021. But but I think he'll if, be around the franchise. Yeah, he'll be around the team. And you, uh, if you add Giannis Antetokounmpo to that, that is – Euro team Mavs final form like that's just <laughs> well, what do you do at that point Super Saiyan God Mavericks it really um, is I mean so I mean I this is something is that, that team beatable well, let's not get too far into that let's, we'll, that's we'll, just that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a rabbit hole man <laughs> look, look ever since ever since Giannis just gushed over Doncic in the summer, well before he even touched the NBA court, that's been a dream of mine. It will continue to be a dream of mine, and I, I really think if the Bucks can't, you know, get a title, if the if the Bucks win a title, I don't think he's going anywhere. But if they if they stumble at all or they can't, you know, put the right pieces around him to sustain the su- success that they're having this year, I could see it being, you know kind of like an Anthony Davis situation well, we shall see I hope that happens but I don't want to get my hopes t- too high because right now I am super content because the Mavs just got poising God uh, we're, we're still on a we're still on a basketball high here I mean yeah uh, we could go on for hours on this but now after all of the happiness and talking through that and we might touch on it again before we get off here but to have a little bit of, I guess, down news uh, to get us off that high a little bit. Doncic was snubbed uh, for an all-star spot. They announced the NBA all-star reserves tonight, and Doncic was not on that list. Uh, I get, I mean, I call him a snub uh, just because I obviously I'm biased and I think he should have made it, but I also think that his stats warranted him getting a spot. I, it's not just because he plays for the Mavericks. I think he truly deserved it. But you know the players they put in there too. I 
I can't really argue with that too. I think it was more of a seniority. I could argue with a couple of them. Seniority kind of thing, but anyway, LeBron shouldn't be playing because he hadn't played half the year. Anthony, da- but he's LeBron, so of course he's going to play. Well, he might not be playing. Apparently, he's back, according to reports that I saw on Twitter. Well, he is, but with the injuries that he's had this year, I mean, uh, I, I guess he would go and play. But I mean, if he was serious about, you know, the the last half of this season or the last part of this season, and with how many games he's already missed, I mean, you'd think he might consider sitting out. Yeah, and then Anthony Davis is injured, so. You know, you don't know what's going to happen with him. So there's still a chance that Luka can get in as an injury reserve. But, man, did you see his reaction when they told him on the bench that yes. he wasn't going to make it? Yes. That he didn't make it? <laughs> he was pissed. He, he, he thinks he deserves to be there, which I love. I love that. Yeah. Because you, you could tell exactly what was going through his head. When, when whoever it was, I didn't see who leaned over and told him, but when whoever leaned over and told him that he didn't make it, you know, he – he had that look on his face like, man, I'm better than 75% of those dudes, and I've been proving it already this year. This is BS, and I loved it. After the Pistons game uh, in the locker room, they asked him about that, you know, if he was if he was pissed off about not making the All-Star game, and he kind of shrugged it off and said he wasn't mad about it. And then I don't know who it was in the background, but they said that somebody in the back, one of his teammates yelled BS. <laughs> Like right, right in the middle of his interview, like they, they know, they know how he feels about it. Oh yeah, he's pissed, and but, I, I love that he's pissed because I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna motivate him to kind of come out in the second half after the All Star break and, and and really kick ass. And well, he that, still gets to participate in the weekend too, which which will still be exciting for him. Like he still gets to do the Rising Stars Challenge, which is stupid. But then he gets to do the skills competition, and he'll get to that'll be fun. Yeah, and, and he'll get to hang around Dennis and Dirk that night, and you know, I, I think he still has a lot of love for Dennis too. So that'll that'll be good that they get to hang out that weekend. You so know, it'll, it'll still be a fun weekend for him. I've got to change my mind here because I just I pulled up the the full list of the Western Conference reserves, and you've got Anthony Davis. Nikola Jokic, Dame Lillard, Carl Towns, Russ. He shouldn't be in. Russ, I don't care that he's averaging triple-double. He should not be in. <laughs> Russ, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Clay Thompson. I don't, think Clay, I don't think Clay Thompson should be in it. No, he shouldn't. He's had a bad, like, for his standards, he's had a bad year. It yeah, wasn't look, until, like, the last couple weeks that his shot came back. Right. I mean, you can't look at how Thompson has played this season versus how Luka has played and be like, oh, yeah, he should get the nod over, over Luka. That's that's some gold, Golden State Warriors favoritism right there. That's exactly what it is. And but, like you said, Russ, I mean, he, he his, his numbers are down this year for him too. And Aldridge, he's had a – you know, he had that 150-point game, I think. And, uh, I mean, he hasn't been I'll, spectacular, I don't – I'll stick up for Aldridge. I, I, <clears throat> he's been the best player on that team this year, and he's at least 75% of the reason that they're in position that they are right now. So he, he's been huge for them. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this. Every single one of the reserves, you know, the they're all on a current playoff team except for Anthony Towns. So obviously the coaches put – some stock into that too but like i said if, if you look at the numbers you can make a case for everybody i just don't think especially with clay thompson i don't think his case is near as, as near as good as lucas it's not but it is what it is he might still get in as an injury reserve we'll, we'll wait and see but for now yeah. for now it's not that big of a deal hey maybe he needs the rest man maybe so well now the you know the I, I said we'd get into into the game and just touch on it a little bit, but there was a basketball game played tonight. Believe it or not, uh, it it didn't uh-huh. feel like it didn't feel like it, but <laughs> the the it Mavs was a scrimmage. It was a scrimmage. <laughs> it felt it really felt like a preseason game that nobody cared about. But 
the, yeah, definitely the, did. The Mavs played the Pistons in Detroit. Uh, they fell to them 93-89. to 89. Uh, Barnes had a, a big scoring game. He was, he was featured for obvious reasons. Uh, 27 points for him, seven rebounds, and guess what? He had four assists tonight. Um, so... Big game from him. We we saw some good things from Ryan Brokoff again. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I I didn't pay as close attention to this game as I have the rest of them this year. But just <laughs> you're not the only. You're not, you're not alone. Man. <laughs> I, I I tuned in and out a little bit, and I I mean I was just I was surprised at how close the game was throughout. And they actually had – the Mavs actually had a 14-point lead at one point in this game. So they blew that lead. That's not surprising. But yeah. um, Well, I mean, hey, had it not been on the second half of a back-to-back, they might have won. I know, I know. So considering it was the second half of a back-to-back, considering, you know, the shock from the trade and them being on the road, I mean, it was, it was a pretty good performance by the guys that were actually – suiting up but they couldn't yeah. get it done so uh the Mavs now uh, 23 and 28 yeah 23 and 28 they got Cleveland on Saturday I believe or is it yeah it's Saturday see. yeah so let's see but I mean they only had nine players active Luca didn't play I mean I, the whole <laughs> sorry fish if you're listening but like <laughs> 90% of that game where I was supposed to be watching and paying attention, I was writing my Porzingis and, and Dennis story that's going to be out in the next day or two. So, I mean, like, I, I it was hard. It was hard to pay attention, man. It just, it was just one of those games where it, it, it just ended up being that way. Like I had no disrespect to Ryan Brokov and Salah who both got a lot of run tonight, but well, we before, had other things on our mind. <laughs> before before we got into uh, well, before all this happened, uh, I said that you know this this next six game stretch before uh, the trade deadline, there were five must wins, and the only one that I didn't consider a must win was the Toronto game. But as it turned out, they really should have won that one too. Uh, they just didn't make their free throws, which has been an awful trend this year. But, you know, I, I give them a pass for the Detroit game because, <laughs> because we just – that's just not something you can you can prepare for. Now, well, how they, do you deal with that? Like, like honestly, how do, you, how do you deal with, hey, three of the biggest personalities and, and leaders on our team – just got shipped out this morning. Let's go out there and play a basketball game. All right, ready, break. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. They showed a, the the Mavs Twitter page. They they tweeted out a picture pregame of you know they normally do their little uh, pregame huddle in the tunnel in their little routine. And it literally looked like there was five people in the huddle. <laughs> it was so sad. I was thinking like, man, it's gonna be a bad night. <laughs> Dude, I mean, even Rick looked sad. Pre-game? Did you see Rick's interview pre-game with the media? I didn't see his. I didn't see his interview pre-game, but I was. I have thought about you know him being sad because it. The by them sending out uh, DeAndre Jordan and Wes, you know, two players that Carlisle was just determined to run uh, sets for. It was almost like. The Mavs were like, okay, well, if you can't make Dennis work, then we're shipping out these two guys. <laughs> I know it was, it was almost like a, it was almost like parents taking away their kid's favorite toy. Like he looked like he had tears in his eyes. It was it was actually pretty tough to see. Like he looked he looked pretty shook. Well, I, it it was for the best because, like I said, I mentioned this a couple weeks back when we were talking about advanced stats and just how how bad the Mavs starting lineup has been. And, you know, there's no way that Rick Carlisle could not know that. And uh, he just continued to, you know, force feed the ball to Wes. And uh, you had the, the Wes and DJ two-man game and all that. Well, I mean, I even – I proposed that uh, – if he wasn't going to do anything to change it, that maybe management had to kind of force his hand a little bit. And sure enough, I think that's what, what they've done. 
Yeah, I think Donnie just kind of probably. I mean, we don't obviously don't have any inside knowledge into what exactly Donnie was thinking when he he made this trade. But Matt, Matt, you didn't know <laughs> I'm a psychic. Oh yeah, of course. I know this stuff. <laughs> but but it, it it sounds to me like they kind of just took the reins away from from Rick in this particular instance, and were like, "Look, man." This needs to change. I mean, I wrote an article about it after the Toronto game. I, I, the title of the article was, Barring a Change, This Team's Heading for the Worst Case Scenario or something like that. And if I was thinking at that time, you know that, that Donnie was thinking that well before. So it, he, he totally just took the reins on this and was like, Hey, we're making this deal. This is about our future. These guys are on expiring deals. They're not going to be here next year anyway, no matter how much you want them to be. Let's just get this done now. Yeah, and I mean, it was it was tough for you know seeing them have to play shorthanded tonight. But like I said, I, I like the effort that they showed. Uh, you know, I like the once they and I mean, Luca wasn't playing too. He had a sprained ankle, so uh, sore it, ankle. Oh, it was a sore ankle. Okay, well, if he was out there playing tonight, I think, I mean, they definitely win, in my opinion. So, I mean, that was another thing added on to it. But, you know, you're looking at the standings now. Now they're five games back of the eight seed. Uh, The Clippers are the current eight seed. They're 28 and 23. The Mavs are the opposite, 23 and 28. And you've got 31 games left. So, it's going to be an uphill battle, but I mean, we we speculated on what that Chris Stops uh, Instagram story thing meant that he he posted a while ago. So maybe he's healthy, and it just you know the Knicks were just kind of stashing him back. You know, uh, maybe maybe that was something to keep Dalton. him from from getting some big offers this summer. Dalton. Would that be considered illegal by NBA standards? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't even know how they'd prove that. Well, if if he comes out and is like, "Hey, I'm ready to play," <laughs> and comes out in a game or two and starts hitting threes and dunking on people, then well, I mean, <laughs> it just depends on the training staff. I mean, you have to. I don't know. I don't know how they document that stuff. But I mean, that would just. I don't know. If, if he comes like, back. Like Stott said, it's typically a year, and it's almost right on the button for a year. So think of well, that what you will. Well, like I said, I he said the truth will come out. So we'll, we'll see what that means. It may be not. He may just, you know, the NBA is unnecessarily dramatic sometimes. So maybe. <laughs> that they are. That they are. But, yeah, well, uh, I think that'll about do it. That'll wrap wrap up this episode of the step back. And uh, I mean, we we can't fully express with our words just how ecstatic we are right now because this uh, what a day it's been, Matt. I mean, we like I said, we were talking about this around noon. Uh, less than an hour later this exact scenario played out and I it still doesn't feel like it's real I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to go watch Porzingis highlights for the majority of the day well tune into my story then because I put like two different highlight reels in there about Porzingis <laughs> so <laughs> but no man yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the same um, uh, just want to thank everybody for listening and for tuning in this thing's really starting to blow up and we really appreciate every every listener and subscriber and keep telling all your friends and uh like rate and subscribe us on all the major platforms itunes google Podcasts, podbean you name it we're on it and we're going to hopefully be up on youtube soon too so we'll keep you posted on that yeah and like matt said we we truly truly appreciate all you guys support uh, we we couldn't have asked for a better start to this, and it's going to continue to get better. We've got some really nice guests uh, lined up in the future that 
we'll have on here and uh be on the lookout for a, a new intro song too because i mean obviously we've got dennis smith jr coming with the jam and our <laughs> dennis our, ain't coming with no more jams uh, man no not not for us at least dennis smith jr coming with the jam so andrew bishop aka drew pock he will be cooking us up another awesome intro and uh, I know we're going to love it. I know you guys are going to love it. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll get back on here next week, and we'll recap everything going on with the math. So we appreciate you guys listening to us. Y'all have a good night. Pours in God. <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. coming with the jam. Got the whole team kicking in the lab. It's crazy. Music in Texas now. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.